1: Hello, welcome to episode 29 of 29. Ruth. 29 of Ruth. Should we just sit here saying 29?
2: The last 29. year before 30.
1: Yeah, it is the last one before 30. Brilliant, Ruth. Uh, so yes, number 29. And we could do it like the Beatles did it on their I know it's a very early mention for the Beatles, this. <laughs> yeah,
2: I think this is the first. Well, um, we're about 16 seconds in.
1: Yes, it, it is an early mention of the Beatles, but they did do a thing where they went, number nine number nine revolution number nine well we're number Why? 20, 20, 20. For,
2: for what
1: purpose basically to fill the white album up the white album was a double album which maybe had enough material for an album and a half so they had an extra half album to fill up however and um, the, the question i want to ask you first of all do you prefer curly fries to standard fries no
2: I think there's a time and a place for a curly fry. And um, we used to have a thing at high school called Chicken Joe Wednesdays.
1: Chicken Joe Wednesdays? Yeah. Oh, yeah.
2: Um, and so well, it was actually just called Chicken Wednesdays. But <laughs> the, the boxes were Chicken Joes. And I thought Chicken Joe Wednesdays sounded more funny. Mm. And that was curly fries and fried chicken. Mm. And I did get excited about the curly fries. Although I would never get them myself. But
1: See, now, curly fries was something that I never grew up... So curly fries didn't exist until probably I was into my 30s or 40s or whatever. And it's just struck me that curly fries are symptomatic of the sort of snowflake millennial what? generation. Oh, yes. in in th- what? In what way? In the sense of entitlement. In the sense of, you know, you can't just eat I don't straight. feel
2: entitled to the curly fries.
1: Well, now you say that. But that book we've both been reading, which we will talk about later on, the... Uh, the Do- book
2: that we've been reading is Everything I Know About Love by Do- Dolly Alderton. By Dolly Alderton. That who is- book- I will stress, no matter what dad says, I think she's a brilliant writer. Yeah, well, we'll do all that.
1: No, don't yeah, worry. No, do, we will have I a know. chance to make that point. But what I'm saying is, one thing that struck me, which I laughed out loud at, actually, when she was talking about going to Exeter University, and she said she thought it would be this great sort of political experience. Mm. But when she went there, the only thing that anybody protested about was the removal of curly fries from the Students' Union pub menu. And yeah, I Yeah, keep that's, them on there. I th- but I thought that is so typical. What I want
2: is a menu where I'm offered... Um, a thick-cut chip, a thin-cut French fry, a curly fry, and a sweet potato fry. And maybe a zucchini fry as well.
1: Yes. Well, I, want, f- I
2: want five different precisely types.
1: Precisely what I mean. And also, I'd make I
2: mean. a late play for a potato smile.
1: But what I'm saying about curly fries is that they're also contributing to the obesity epidemic, which we hear about all the time. Because when I was a, a kid and we were eating chips, that was all you had. You had chips. You didn't have sweet potato fries or any of that stuff. So you just had chips, ordinary fries. Uh, there might be thin fries, you know, especially if you were if you'd gone to a French restaurant, if you're fortunate enough to be in a French restaurant, you might have thin, stringy fries like the French have never ever been to a French restaurant? The first French restaurant sandwich was in Bristol, so we're talking very early seventies now, uh, when I went down there to work. And there was if you were going somewhere very, very posh, you went to a French restaurant. You know, there wasn't the great panoply of restaurants from all over the world that you have now. Panoply. Panoply. Never we're, heard that before. Hmm, well there you go it's an educational experience for you Ruth so you'd go to a French restaurant and they had stringy fries We'd, anywhere here we just had chips but what I'm saying is so chips were potatoes cut down and fried with the advent of the curly fry what you had is sort of extruded potato starch so it was just a sort of imitation potato thing curled round so you're not eating potatoes anymore you're eating sort of curly st- and potato smiles even more so and that's one of the problems I think curly fries and, and uh, I mean I don't s-
2: think so but well, there's always a sense
1: of entitlement because your great friend Dolly Alderton did say, I know you've got a signed book by her, did say... <laughs> it's
2: not mine.
1: <laughs> ...did say that uh, that was the big issue at Exeter University, the removal of curly fries. Well, they the shouldn't have students. removed them. Well, yeah, that's a different issue. I you, like options. You would have been out there on It's the... part
2: of the gig economy, Dad. That's what it's made us... If we have to have five different jobs in our lifetime, then we get to have five different pot- fried potato starchy products. <laughs>
1: So we, this is our new sort of experimental so, f- book club We might do a book club
2: I want to do a book club I want to do We read So we plan three months in advance The books are going to read Then you can read along with us And then every month we read a book And then in one of the weeks we'll like review the book And chat about the book
1: Yes you want to plan this 3 months in advance this is
2: so you can read along with us
1: this is the person that objects if i try and plan the podcast one day in advance or even an evening in advance but anyway we have read a book and, and we ha- have
2: read a book well you've not read the book well, I've, I've not re- read
1: the book well i read the book uh, on the train coming up that was the only time i had Allocated to read. So I've I read almost about, finished it. Yeah, I read about hundred pages. You've read the rest of the book, most of the rest of the book.
2: Just if you've not read it or if you don't know what it's about, it's um, a series of kind of like memoirs, stories. Yeah, I
1: articles, think if if you were categorising, you would call it memoir. Yeah. So she is now about what? She's thirty. 30, Yes, yeah, mm-hmm. she is thirty.
2: And her, so she had a, a column in the Sunday Times since she was about twenty three, I think. And then she stopped doing it, and that was her dating column. And she would talk about her dating exploits and stuff. Exploits?
1: Yes, exploits. Yeah, exploits.
2: (laughs) This podcast really—you could do a whole bloopers reel of me just going, saying words I'm not sure are the right words, and then going, exploits.
1: (laughs) Um, I mean, I was reading the book with a sort of mounting sense of horror, uh, with all these with all these exploits. I mean, really. Sort of dangerously drunk in a way. I mean, mm. she she got on a, a coach to. Uh, she thought she got a go-
2: taxi. She got a taxi, a taxi at four a.m. on the M1. To Leamington
1: Spa. She got a taxi to Leamington Spa.
2: Oh, Leamington Spa, as, as I, I originally called it. Yeah. called it. So
1: you got a taxi to, Leamington- but I mean, even more frightening than that, she thought she'd gone to Oxford, and she'd actually gone to. She was standing outside Topshop Shop in Oxford Street. She was that drunk. She didn't know what was happening, and this was for quite yeah, a few years. Yeah, her-
2: and it kind of yeah for about so through university but when she was at university it was a bit more safe because she was always with her university mates and then for about three or four years she just had all these drunken tales where she'd invite um, cab drivers into her flat and chat with them till six in the morning just like Mm. really crazy stuff and she kind of does go on to say that it was dangerous, and her it was very and dangerous. there was a uh, when her friend after the whole, and she kept she would have to have her friends transfer her like a hundred pounds because she was stuck in Leamington mm. Spa in the morning. And She's didn't quite know a posh girl,
1: isn't she? Oh because yeah. Her parents They're, had a place. I mean, just reading between the lines, her parents had a place in London, and they sold that up. And moved to Stanmore, and I would think you'd get a big, yeah, big suburban detached. Yeah, you well. could get a big suburban detached house in Stanmore, which is quite a Jewish area of. Um, yeah, a, she talks yeah. a lot
2: about how she was always going to bat mitzvahs and stuff.
1: Yeah. growing up. in so, you know, a bat mitzvah, you know, because I was brought up Jewish on the north side of Manchester. The rich Jews were all on the south side of Manchester. They had bat mitzvahs. We never had. We had bar mitzvahs. We never had bat mitzvahs. This is a twelve-year-old girl as a, yeah, yeah, yeah. a, LA- a bat mitzvah. It's a very bat
2: mitzvah a girl. It's a, a very LA boy.
1: thing, isn't it? So, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mary David's it's... daughter has a bat Yeah, what's sort of
2: him? Things. Seth Rogen's sister. Yeah. Thing. What's her name?
1: I've forgotten her name. but It's like Butterfly
2: Welsh or something. Yeah, it will be.
1: It'll be Butterfly Welsh. Of um, course it will.
2: Yeah, I think, and I think she's kind of quite open about being...
1: Posh. Yeah, upper yeah.
2: middle class or whatever and yeah. she did go to private boarding because I think school. you see
1: there is because she's quite advantaged in in that way you know financially but then really, she does
2: talk a lot about how she never had any money she gets so later on in the book she's in New
1: York yeah but there's um, rich people not having money and poor people not having money no but she is in New I mean, York
2: and she's she was, got £32 in her bank account and she says she's not eating in two days
1: hmm, but what I'm saying but is but then
2: she bought a plane ticket to New York yes, so it's like yeah and
1: there is a difference between if, you, you know, if you're you a councillor staying yeah, in Stoke-on-Trent yeah. There's a difference between poor person in a council estate in Stoke on Trent. You can get away with a lot more if I you're a posh she, girl with with a column in the Sunday Times. Yeah,
2: I think she also has quite a like lax view of money. Like, even even more than I would say I prob like I do. Like, I would never buy a ticket to New York if I knew that I didn't have. Enough money no. to be in. She's job. a bit re- Do you a know what I mean? She, but that's also her personality, but and also I think she has she has depression and an alcohol abuse disorder. problem, and she has an eating disorder. But she's very open and honest about it, which is yeah. she's very Catelyn Moran in her.
1: Yeah, she is. I, I think. Yeah, Catelyn Moran is the sort of diametric opposite. In that, I mean, obviously she's much older, but she's also from a, a council estate in Wolverhampton. Actually, I think oh, talking we were we watching about,
2: about Wolverhampton this morning about those. Um, about how
1: you can't do the accent from no, can't do it, can't do it. But what I would say is that she is good company. You can't uh, deny that. Well, she that's probably
2: so why so many people found her so fun to hang around yeah. with.
1: And the book brings us on really to binge drinking. You've got binge to drinking. Tell us about binge so, drinking.
2: Sir, the ITV News tweeted that online adverts with like lighthearted comments about gin have been banned for encouraging excessive drinking and making misleading nutrition claims or whatever and they've been banned and this was the advert by the scottish gin society and it says this is bill bill likes jane bill has chosen to follow january not dry january bill knows january is a long month bill is smart be like bill um, and so that's been banned for excessive drinking so i was googling about binge drinking and excessive drinking and The thing that I found the most interesting was the Daily Mail article about how middle class girls are most at risk of becoming binge drinkers. They have more money and spare time without parental supervision. Almost all the girls who were surveyed admitted that they'd behaved in a way they regretted or put themselves in a dangerous situation when they were drunk. They also discovered that children today are twice as likely to drink as those at a similar age, so being like 17, as children four years ago. And so I was wondering whether you thought that. Like me compared to Martha, Martha's my older sister. Is there more of a binge drinking attitude now than there was then?
1: No, I think it's about the same. I don't think. Yeah. It's, I don't think it's any worse. I mean, you have just started binge drinking. Um, I've not
2: just started. No, well, a I mean, little bit. A no, little I mean, um, you,
1: you went out and had a few drinks on. I've
2: only just started being able to go to nightclubs. Really, mm. I went to see a gig and then I went out afterwards, and I came home and you were just shocked about how much I could drink and yeah. then.
1: I suppose because it's beer, you've got the volume is more. But, you see, I you know, would never drink beer. People say, oh, I only had like four or five pints. Four or five pints for me, that's way too much. Yeah, and we were doing out-
2: shots because people were buying just trays of shots because we were in one of those really cheap pubs in Huddersfield. But when, because when you go out in Leeds, so I went out in Leeds, um, this is, if, any, if there's any police listening, this is underage drinking and sneaking in, not sneaking in, but. Mm. using ids that aren't your own and the shots were £3.60 a time Mm. so you can't like I mean you just spend loads of money which is sad yeah
1: so you you sort of resent the money that you have to spend oh yeah I don't
2: I I do um, (laughs) a lot
1: I think the binge drinking culture is actually dying down a wee bit and I think think yeah I've seen some statistics this week actually which say that uh, teenagers are drinking less than, than they were mm-hmm. uh, which is in a way it's a sign of a sort of economic downturn in, but then
2: i've not noticed that among my f- friends yeah. i still think people drink a lot
1: they drink quite a lot and, and too much but i don't think it's as bad as it was maybe no. 10 years ago i think it probably goes in waves to be honest yeah do you think
2: so yeah and then it also said children whose parents drank regularly were more likely to consume alcohol with six percent of those whose fathers drink frequently which you do
1: Yes, I'm a middle class using drinker. Using
2: alcohol on a weekly basis. So you have made me a binge drinker.
1: Oh, so it's my fault.
2: Yeah, which well, is why you should really be buying, you know, transferring me money to, to I think keep, do. I think to keep up with my binge drinking, yeah, Dad. I think
1: we are, but probably not for binge drinking. <laughs> music this week should we start with mine yeah yeah well i'll tell you what, i'm going to take you into the arcane world of uh, northern soul are you familiar with the the term northern soul yeah and what what do you understand by northern soul
2: soul music
1: mm-hmm. what makes i don't
2: new? know but i've, I've, I've well it's yeah.
1: it's soul music not like try a little tenderness by otis Redding. that's sort of deep soul if you like it's more soul pop in it it's, yes, basically it's... Uh, it's
2: It's what people used to listen to in Britain.
1: It's sort of Motown music, but a lot of it's on different labels than Motown.
2: What makes it north?
1: It's northern Seoul because back in the 70s there was a Seoul Specialist record shop uh, in London. And people northerners down in London. I used to go down to London to buy records because there were loads of record shops in you know in the old... Which you, how you much didn't did have you used to have to
2: pay for the train to London in the olden days?
1: Oh, I can't remember, but it wasn't... You know, I'd, I'd go down to London if I had another purpose as well. It wouldn't yeah, be just I, me to buy records. I didn't but know whether people, people could
2: commute all the time before... You know, because now it's like a big It's costing a
1: load of money, doesn't it? Uh, transport is ridiculous, uh, train Yeah,
2: fares. we should do a whole episode. We should do a whole hour Should we on transport. <laughs> well...
1: Anyway, um, but it didn't used to cost as much. And pe- but there were people who were, were sort of uh, DJs would go down to buy specialist soul records in London. And they noticed that people who'd come down from Stoke-on-Trent or Manchester or Wigan were buying particular sorts of soul records, like this one. I'll play this one for you. This was on uh, Motown. So it's sort of Motown Plus, if you like. So let's listen to this. I don't care. A party, just wait and see. Oh well, too. We too can have a party all alone. Two can have a party, yes we can. Two can have a party. Yeah, well, that's Tammy Terrell and uh, two can have a party. I
2: have heard that before.
1: Well, you will have heard it before because it's current. It, what reminded me of it? It's always been a favourite of mine. But what reminded me of it was that uh, the BBC are now using it. Or a later version of it that was done by Tammy Terrell, who we heard there with Marvin Gaye. And that's now being used for the BBC as their trailer for Strictly Come Dancing.
2: Ah, right.
1: So it'll have seeped into your consciousness because the BBC keep playing it as a a trailer. But the point about it is, I just want to talk about Northern Soul. Well, it's described on Wikipedia as a music and dance movement that emerged in Northern England in the late 1960s from the British mod scene. We've talked about mods. uh, So this was a sort of thing, but it's based on a particular style of, uh, it's a four, four beat all the way through. And uh, it's a bit faster than a lot of um, we, what you would understand as soul music. And they called it Northern Soul. And it's still called Northern Soul. And it's still going in uh, in clubs, you know, the Northern Soul nights. It's a friend of mine, uh, Richard Serling, who I was at school with. So you can know how long ago that was, at grammar school with. Mm-hmm. And um, he's still doing it as a DJ in like the Kings Hall, Blackburn, and clubs in Stoke-on-Trent and Wigan, and those sort of places in the north.
2: So mine is... Very middle of the road. Again, we've both gone.
1: We've both gone route. Route one.
2: Route one. Mine is Dua Lipa and Silk City, Electricity, which is brand new. It only came out five days ago. So.
1: Electricity by Dua Lipa with uh, Well
2: it's Silk City with Dua Lipa I really. uh,
1: never know which way around to do it. Yeah Dua Lipa, Dua Lipa
2: is of Albanian heritage which, <laughs> Oh did I we said, play her before? No we didn't play it before but because uh, I checked that we didn't play her before but I think we talked about it when we were playing Sigrid and I've seen Sigrid and Dua Lipa now but I just thought we should play, I wanted to play something which is my go to like.
1: Happy music
2: Yeah just you know if you're getting ready to go out then you can just whack Dua Lipa on it's mm-hmm. fine, and she's very talented.
1: Well, tell me all about it because uh, she's suddenly become huge. I mean, yeah, I know the name; huge. I keep hearing that. Dua she's Lita. become
2: kind of pop. I mean, I guess like pop princess—that's what you would call her. But just so absolutely M- huge.
1: Madonna for the modern age, really? Or? No,
2: she's more like Beyonce for the modern age, I guess. But she's just very good songs and quite like girl power songs as well. They're not at all like traditional love songs. Right.
1: So you think she's a sort of cut above the average I know you hear Capital all the time, don't you?
2: I think she's better than a lot of the kind of like Jess Glynn It's good, mm. she's got a good voice, but I think Dua Lipa is a little bit more original than a lot of them. And yeah. I think she's I think she writes her own songs and I think they're good lyrics. But also when I saw her at Leeds Fest when I went and she um is a very good performer. And I'm always, I think that's important. Like she danced and stuff rather than just standing there. <laughs>
1: Let me introduce uh, Kirstie Olsop into this debate. We've talked about Kirstie Olsop before. Uh, last time we spoke about her, she was saying she goes first class on the plane but makes sure if the kids are with her, the kids sit in uh, coach you know, with the normal people, with the hoi polloi. This time, the big controversy that she's got involved in is her kids, she tried to restrict their screen time, which is a good thing. I've never done it, but I think you should do it. She tried to restrict their kids'... Uh,
2: Luckily, you don't, haven't really had to because now I'm at an age where... You can't really restrict, like an eighteen-year-old. No,
1: but having read but, this book, parenting the first twelve years, well now, I realised like, that I did it all wrong. It's it too late.
2: <laughs> but now, like eight-year-olds have iPads, so you kind of have to restrict screen time. But I only really started to have technology when I was like right, 13. anyway. So anyway, she, I'm just saying.
1: She told their kids that the screen time was restricted, and she said, uh, "If you exceed your screen time, then I'll take your iPads off you." And they just uh, ignored her. She took the iPads off them, two iPads, and uh, smashed them on the table legs. She smashed the iPads so in front bad. of the kids. Now, is that, in a way, it's good parenting in that you warn children and then that if they can't continue to disobey, there will be consequences. What we tended to do was warn you and then do nothing, which I think is probably the more normal parenting way. So, in that respect, she's one up on us. She, I don't know, you know how they,
2: they even got this story in the news. She
1: said it on the telly. I think it's terrible. She said, "Well,
2: it's such a waste." It, also, though, it teaches your children that possessions are that are valuable are just commodities, and you can just smash them. And if, like, I think that's a terrible way to be.
1: Well, you see, I'm I'm on the fence here because in the one, one sense. It shows them a lesson that if they continue to transgress, there will be consequences, which is a lesson we never told any of our kids. But, you know, we should have done, but we didn't. On the other hand... And now look at us. On the, yeah, now look at you. And on the other hand, it's a display of temper. because. And, yeah, and, exactly.
2: I just think it's a terrible thing to teach children. And then all you're making is brash children who treat... Who will treat people the same way that they treat iPads. Also, why couldn't she have taken the iPads off them for a week and then given them back? Or if she really wanted to make a statement, take the iPads off them and sell them, take the iPads off them and give them to other kids. Like, it's just such a waste. I object to the waste of it.
1: Well, it's interesting. They're expensive. Yeah, well, absolutely. The point you're making there uh, has been made... Pretty strongly on Twitter, you can admit she's now had to take herself off Twitter because. Yeah, I feel bad getting, for that, but she shouldn't. She's getting trolled so much. I mean, people—if people put it the way you put it, fine. But I think she's getting a lot of personal uh, insults. Yeah, she'll be getting so personal outraged. attacks. But I just—I think, think that... people don't like. She's one of those people like uh, Piers Morgan who are basically there to take abuse. You know?
2: I wonder whether Piers Morgan ever like it ever affects in the. Because he seems to quite enjoy it.
1: I think he does enjoy it. That's But, that cause he's building a career. And so is she. You know, yeah, I guess it's like Katie
2: Hopkins. Yeah. Like, she's built a career on just saying stuff that yeah. no one else would and, say. And
1: Twitter does help their... I mean, there's no doubt about it, if, if you're in the media and you've got like two million Twitter followers, it does help you in terms of uh, getting work. You know, you become a a very valuable resource. Yeah, yeah. You know, because of your your Twitter following. So uh, we're saying that is a bad example of a temper tantrum. Let's move on to the other big uh, issue as far as temper goes. So the other big uh, temper tantrum of the week, was well, I say temper tantrum, the jury again is, is out on this one, mm. is uh, Serena Williams, who you, you probably, have you seen the incident? She smashed yeah. the tennis racket and had a go at the empire.
2: I don't know, really, because on the one hand, it it, does, it is a being too hot-headed, and I think if a man did that, it would still be...
1: Yeah, I think it would. She says the men again, get away with it. They I do really get do. away
2: with stuff more than the women do. Because even the grunting and stuff, everyone was like, "Oh, it's so unladylike." Whereas the men can do kind of whatever they want, and I don't think she would be getting the same heat if she wasn't—if she was a man. But then I also think there's a race argument to well, be played this is in th- that black women are so often presented in the media as angry and.
1: Yeah, well, well she is angry, angry. Though, No, she, she, she is she angry, angry though, I'm saying
2: yeah. that she's presented that way as angry Yeah, which is the stuff that I've been reading about but I don't know
1: No, it's very difficult to say Jonathan Liu wrote a very good column in The Independent saying that she, when you consider what she's had to put up with I mean she's Straight out of Compton, as you would uh, put it. She's from uh, L.A., yeah. and uh, it, obviously it's been very. You know, tennis is a very white middle class sport, and the fact that she broke through was a brilliant achievement. Yeah, women the women's tennis circuit has always had to fight for recognition as against uh, men's tennis, always been yeah. more popular. You know, in that movie Battle of the Sexes and everything. Yeah, I've not seen it. But... You know, so she w- what she had to put up with in terms of racism, in terms of sexism. Yeah, Jonathan Liu argues that it was probably just an expl- you know it was Yeah, I
2: think that's the thing. It's like like sports are so intense. Like I've played what netball just in school and been and everyone gets so into it and you get so angry and you just want to win, don't you? And then she's just had an outburst and I think that she is getting too much heat for it. And also the stuff that she's raised and the stuff that people have raised in defense of her about how black women are portrayed in the media about how women in general are portrayed, about how men get away with outburst more than women is all so much more valid than saying that it was she shouldn't have done it do you know what i mean
1: let's uh, do a bit of interaction now ruth these are our uh, emails this is from mark gardner in uh, edinburgh And uh, he says, Read your 20-second music restriction. There is an answer, as found by the Mayo and Kermode podcast. Those are the people who do the uh, movie reviews. Right. When they want to play a song in full, apparently it says, as long as you talk over the song, uh, leaving gaps of... So you talk over the entire song, leaving gaps of no more than 20 seconds, you can play it in the background.
2: Oh, so Uh, just we would play 20 seconds, then we go, and...?
1: Uh, well, we pay the whole song and then uh, ruin it by talking over it. Mm. As your wittering ensures the song cannot be pirated, he says. P.S. Ruth, you do have an accent. He says never better exemplified than by your love of Purst Malern. He's put here <laughs> Purst. <spelled. Post. laughs> I know. How's
2: he is. spell it?
1: P u r s t. I
2: think I think I'm accentless. R P. Yeah.
1: Well, yes. Absolutely. But uh, what well, we say, Purst Malern?
2: No, post. There you go. It's the O. No one can ever do a Northern O.
1: No, well, he spelt it P U R S T. It's really more of an O H, Mm. I would say. We've got uh, an Aussie.
2: Oh, but luckily. We don't need to play the full song because mm-hmm. you can just go onto the Spotify playlist.
1: Of course you can. Now plug the Spotify. Wasn't that a good... It was very it was smooth, smooth, very yeah. smooth.
2: Um, so you can. we've got a playlist of Spotify with all the songs from all the weeks that we've been doing the song review. Um, and you can search Martin and Ruth and then find the playlist that way. Or you can search Ruthie, me and my dad, and go straight to the playlist.
1: Next one here says, uh, Hi guys, uh, I'm a Pom. Living- What's a Pom? What's a pom? Uh, It's what the Australians call an English person. And allegedly, it stems from uh, because we used to send our prisoners to Australia. You know about that? Yeah, yeah, of course. And um, apparently, they used to have on their uh, prison shirts, Prisoner of Her Majesty, P O H M. Oh, Um, P O H M. Yeah, so the Australians have always called them poms poms you never heard of poms no no they sometimes call us whinging poms because we have a <laughs> reputation for whinging they yeah, say well. how do you know uh, when a plane load of poms uh, lands at the airport and the answer is uh, when the engines are switched off the whining continues very
2: but funny that's what they
1: think of us anyway hi guys i'm a pom living in noosa on the queensland sunshine coast paradise Love the pod, I'm 50 next week, can relate to much of Dad, but then I realize exactly how much I've left my younger days uh, with Ruth's music chat and TV. I really thought I was still a young lad. So you've, you've disabused him of that.
2: Yeah, uh, you get a lot of people being like, I can really relate. Ruth just made me realise I'm old. <laughs> uh,
1: anyway, says, whilst uh, waiting to pick my dog up from doggy daycare, I had the car window open listening to the pod. At the exact time you were talking about Ruth's Leeds accent... The Aussie woman in the next car found it hilarious. I had no idea what this mad woman uh, on her own was laughing at, because in Australia it's very hot, the windows would to be open. Yeah, yeah. What was laughing at, until she got out uh, of her car, approached my window and said, what language was that girl speaking? <laughs> um, I said it was a Yorkshire accent. She said, but I thought Yorkshire was in England. And he's yeah, a, thank you. He's a golf professional, Mitch Harrison. Golf P- professional? Mm, Mitch Harrison, PGA golf professional lord guardian hawk i think he's written to us before says hot dog not- is his real name <laughs> yes of course it is a uh, hot dog not a sandwich pizza between sli- two slices of bread that's a sandwich
2: oh well yeah um, that's a pizza sandwich
1: it certainly is martin ruth just a mail after binge listening uh, this week from episode one up to the latest episode like you a, binged,
2: binge binge uh, watched something for the first time? I did. We'll time, talk about you? that in a sec.
1: I totally love it. My fourteen year old daughter is baffled by my use of words like "peng," which I've used constantly over the past week.
2: Oh, I bet she likes
1: that. I bet she does. Just wanted to know how much I laughed at the fact that my daughter and I had the exact same conversations you did over the Love Island water bottles. Uh, the only oh, difference. Oh, I really being,
2: want one. The only <laughs> difference so is expensive. she
1: talked me into buying her one. <laughs> Also, one more thing to both of you. Uh, your music choices have been awful every week until, this is both of us, oh, it right says, yeah. until the Front Bottoms. Great choice, Ruth, great band. So uh, Yeah, I think the
2: Front that. Bottoms are a bit um, of a crossover. I think people like yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah, it's just sort of indie stuff, isn't it? Now, mm. uh, that's Dan. And Hugh Besant, who writes pretty well every week, uh, hilarious sound check segment. Oh, he liked the bit. Few people like that. Last week when we were sound checking, it started off with you saying I'm tired, I'm not really feeling it this week. Oh, I did. You did it I've
2: not listened to it yet, so yeah. I do not know it was, and it. He was just
1: saying, I didn't want to do it this week. He loved that.
2: Some weeks you do arrive and you just don't fancy it, do you? Mm,
1: yeah, that's true. That's true actually. I find that Same uh, with anything really work. Same with anything, of course it is. It's the toad work as
2: so then once you start, like
1: do not let the toad work squat upon you. Is it anyway? Hugh Besant says that this CBA attitude of teens drives us oldies mad.
2: Sometimes you CBA as well.
1: Sometimes I am. You're absolutely right. I put it down to too many late nights, personally. Anyway, thank you for that, Hugh, and thank you for everybody uh, who got in touch with us. We love the interaction. Yeah, yeah. And it's Martin and Ruth Podcast <laughs> at Gmail dot com. And sometimes people come up with ideas yes yeah. you know that we've not. Someone said, of.
2: "But like, read a books. bit of a book." Said yeah. books.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
2: Someone said books, and here we are.
1: And Here we are. Oh, I've got a bit of a wrapping a, a thing for you. We played Cardi B last week. Yeah, and Cardi B's in the news. Uh, She's always this, in the news. Well, it's at a party hosted by the magazine Harper's Bazaar. Did you see about that?
2: Is this the fight with Nicki Minaj? The
1: fight with Nicki Minaj?
2: Yeah. yeah, I did see it. This f- sort of feud between Nicki Minaj and Cardi B has been going on for so long, I just can't even get a handle of what started no. it. Cardi um, B was wearing a, a distinctive
1: so. red Dolce & Gabbana, Gabbana dress. She's seen lunging towards a group of people, reportedly including Minaj. Uh, she was later seen with a bump on her head and barefoot after taking a shoe off to throw. That's an old one throwing shoes. They're classy people. I, I once saw a fight when I was about 16. I was outside a nightclub in Manchester. And oh,
2: and I'd been told off for going to nightclubs underage.
1: Outside a nightclub in Manchester. Yeah,
2: but where had you been before?
1: I was outside the uh, Jungfrau club and I, I was walking past it and two girls were fighting outside the club and they took their shoes off and we're hitting each other with stiletto heel shoes. There was blood all over the place. Oh, my God. Because, you know, a stiletto... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, was, was I mean, called... you've heard
2: about these people who die from, like, a heel in the back of their yeah. head or something. Yeah, That's uh, why you should wear heels when you go out in case you get attacked.
1: Oh, yeah, involved in a fight. It's a, it's a great weapon, isn't it? So let's lump together the Kardashians and Made in Chelsea.
2: So, Made in Chelsea
1: yeah.
2: live... Liv Bentley and Digby have broken up. We talked about this absolutely ages ago when they were still back in Chelsea and so now they're in Croatia and Digby thought it was all going fine and it's not because they're like inherently different people and Liv is not in love with him enough and he's talking about like having kids and getting married and she's like, I'm only 23. But I think they've fully broken up. Hab sent some very incriminating texts about sam to her ex-boyfriend and so now i'm not sure what, and, but they think they might get back together anyway and, but then in the trail for next week it seems like sam's been kissing even more girls after he's been in vegas and already cheated on habs um and melissa and habs have made up and that is kind of it
1: okay uh kardashians kardashians boring you tell me again
2: well kylie Jenner isn't worried about her post baby body she says Pregnancy completely changed my body at a super young age but I really don't care. Everyone thought she'd be able to bounce back super fast after giving birth and that everything was perfect. She also acknowledged that people can get the wrong idea on Instagram and that she hasn't bounced back completely to her pre-baby body. Going through these changes at such a young age can be physically, mentally and emotionally a challenge although she also described her experience as a beautiful thing.
1: Now, Ruth, one of the things that uh, that you have nowadays that we didn't have years ago uh, alongside Curly Fries is binge-watching of television. And I've never done any of that. Everybody says, oh, you should watch this. I watched 15 episodes of this, etc., etc. Mm. And for the first time, because uh, my brother keeps on at me about watching The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, I watched it and I watched five episodes. I've never watched five <laughs> I episodes. I
2: wouldn't it even never... say... Yeah, but you watched five episodes over, like,
1: two days. Yeah. That is not binge-watching. Well, I watched four episodes one day and then I watched another one. The other day, which is phenomenal for me,
2: but you've got to do it quick because you're using my Amazon Prime free trial and yes. that will run out soon.
1: I've never watched anything on Amazon Prime or on Netflix these days, I suppose that's what makes you in this sort of old person category. If you've not never watched anything, you know, if you're just watching what my friend Ali Ross calls Council TV, <laughs> which is one, two, three, four, five, and Scout Ladding and stuff. So, the marvellous Mrs. Maisel, just if anybody's interested, on uh, I've not Prime, watched it. It's beautifully done in that it's New York in the 1950s and it looks exactly as you imagine New York in the 1950s. It was quite glossy and the music's really good, a lot of show tunes, all that sort of stuff they were listening to in the 1950s. But what irritates me and makes it, uh, I'm not going to binge watch anymore, is that some of the expressions they use nobody used them in the 50s or the 60s or the 70s so she says oh yeah that's a thing and nobody these days people say oh is that a thing yeah it's a thing these days never nobody ever used to say that the other thing they the expression they use that uh annoys me is um it is what it is people say you know so i did
2: not know this was a new thing
1: yeah it's a Let's new say th- it
2: is what it is it is what yeah. it
1: is it's a new thing i've only ever heard it is what it is in the last 10, maybe 15 years. Same as I uh, so. going forward. People say going forward. Uh, going forward, what we need to do is blah, blah, mm. blah. That's a new experience. And then last night, she was in a record shop. You know, like I was just talking to you earlier about record shops. They're a wonderland that I'm afraid lost forever. But she was in this record shop that had a specialist section. They started going on about these specialist spoken word albums they had. And she said, oh, nerd alert. And nobody said oh, nerd yeah. alert. But are they nobody doing it the on word? purpose? No, I think it's. I, th- I think because you
2: know sometimes they do have these historical things, but the language is all the set and stuff, and the costume is perfect, and then the language is not. No, the language the, is modern.
1: No, they're trying. The, no. It, are they trying not, it to, to be uh, historical? No, I think elaborate. it's just it's just slack. To be honest, yeah. uh, it's just a bit of slack. But even in the at, if
2: I was writing a fifties thing, knowing nothing about how they spoke in the fifties, I wouldn't put in nerd alert. No, because that n- sounds nerd, modern. Yeah.
1: Nerd alert does sound modern, doesn't it? Yeah, and also I'll tell you what else I find uh, about these things. And I found it uh, the film we saw about uh, Jackie Kennedy. uh, Oh, Jackie with Natalie Portman. And I found it this that feminist attitudes that are quite current are transposed onto characters. Like
2: there was kind of like that in the post. Do you remember? Because at the end there was kind of like a feminist ending tagged on, and it was really weird. So, should we do Meme of the Week, then?
1: Yeah, let's have a Meme of the Week.
2: If every year was 364 days long, the seven days of the week would fall on the same dates every year. The government made it 365 in a plot to sell calendars annually. Hashtag stay woke.
1: Good. I like it. Stay woke. And we all know what woke means. Yes. Woke means being... Um, politically pop- aware. Politically aware of everything. So, more or less, have you said everything you want to say? Yeah, I think so.
2: I think that's pretty
1: much it good you've given of yourself as much as you're going to give of yes. yourself good let's um just do the housekeeping uh, if you want we do want to get your emails because we do like them and the more emails we get the less we have to think of uh, it's martin and Ruth.
2: and if you want a book club not a yeah. book club if you say a book club it sounds boring and um, if you want us to like read books and we'll review the books kind of like we did with the dolly Alderton one
1: yes it's kind of like we did although we we did say that a book club is not really anything to do with books it's more to do with middle-aged women meeting for wine and cake
2: book reviewing
1: book reviewing we're trying to make it not sound uh, corny like a book club that is corny anyway if you want us to read a book we'll read it or me read half a book and Ruth read the whole book we will do it we'll find some of the you just
2: need to read quicker anyway um you can email us at martinandruthpodcast at gmail.com the spotify playlist you can search for martin and ruth or ruthie me and my dad and either of those will take you to the playlist with all the songs from all the weeks and
1: uh, subscribe rate and review
2: so yeah that's it
1: thank you very much indeed
0: planning for your next trip elevate your travel style with quince